0: can't hurt anybody you oh no that's mean
1: today is friday september 2nd 2022 time for episode 178 of the barnhart podcast no better time than Labor Day weekend to call ceasefire in the fight between Super Nerd and Anne and record a podcast.
0: <laughs> oh oh nothing nothing shows adult psychiatric spiritual health better than people Snipping and fighting with each other. <laughs> De- definitely
1: got some direct messages about that. It's like, hey, are you guys fighting again, or are you to record again? So it's, you know, it, I, I don't know how this this joke ever started, but it's it is one of the funnier ones that's come across.
0: If you can find um, a, an audio file or a wave file of the the, the fighting cat sound, the meow, you know, <laughs> we need to have one of those on a push button, ready to go. <laughs> uh,
1: that's something I've been meaning to do: is reorganize the way my audio stuff is all set up so I can bring the clips back in Indeed. and uh, in fact I've, I've got a new mac mini here that with the the m1 fancy fancy pants processor on it that's ah. supposed to be faster and all that stuff and I, I did get that for our media processing i just haven't connected to it yet because i'm busy with so many other things but that is life um i did notice however uh, mainly mainly because actually no i didn't notice this last night i noticed it because i was listening to a podcast that was talking about it this morning that apparently our putative leader of this country uh, decided to have a speech out front of, in, in Philadelphia, and the the only disagreement, or one of the, one of the few disagreements, is who was he trying to look like? Hitler, Mussolini, Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. It was, and he laid out a very clear us versus them narrative. Which, if you're pro-life or you're conservative, you're part of the them. Uh, it, it's it, some people have been calling this the pre-civil war uh, pre-kickoff mm-hmm. speech. It, it was kind of ominous.
0: Well, slightly ominous. I think what everybody has settled on is that he, what he, the the aesthetic that he was he was going for, the visual that he was going for, was that um, that pagan priest in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom that would like pull people's hearts out of their chests. I think he was going for that guy, and got got pretty close. I think all he need was the the horns, you know, the horned uh, headdress, but. It's pretty easy to imagine that in there. It's just it's (laughs) looking at looking at clips of it. It's just it's so farcical that you've got a guy who's got, you know, clearly well into dementia, can hardly speak properly, but is trying to orate like he's Hitler or Mussolini. I don't know were Lenin and Stalin great orators. Probably Lenin, although I don't know if there's I don't know if there's much um, film of of Lenin orating. I mean, the the films we have of these tyrants orating is kind of limited to to Hitler and Mussolini mostly, and I would say it was closer to Hitler. Um, Well,
1: Hitler had Riefenstahl to do all the directing and and do all the propaganda. So they they definitely had a a much more organized uh, propaganda arm going. In fact, I was just talking to somebody at work today um, about different languages and... and, um, how cringe it is for why, why people learn different languages. And this particular coworker is actually from Italy, and he was saying, "Yeah, I, I hear people say they want to learn Italian so they can watch The Sopranos and understand that better." And I said, "Well, at least at least it's not like saying hearing somebody say I, I want to learn German so I can understand Lenny Riefenstahl better.'" But yeah. but honestly, the our, our the, you know the top end political people really do study Riefenstahl, and, and a lot of the advertising people too. It's the whole uh, art and science of persuasive um, argument via video, and. I'm not praising the Nazis, but they did figure this out.
0: Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing is that, I mean, we're, we're so far gone, the American situation is so far gone that we, we can't even do this in a credible way where people aren't just instantly laughing at this stuff. I mean, laughing, but in a in a black humor, gallows humor kind of a sense, you just look at this and think, what, what in the hell are these people thinking? And then I remind everybody, well, you know, one of the hallmarks of satanism and satanists and i'm completely serious about this is that when they get to a certain level they have to start publicly manifesting and um that's that's clearly what's going on with the red lights and the and the just evil non-venny mark um talking about you know satanism and all that non-venny mark Thinks that that um, was the
1: funniest segue, by the way. And I, I know you didn't mean it the way what, it came across. What did across. I say? What did I well, you say? Said, Speaking of Satanism, non very Mark, and then was like, what? What? <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, right. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> non venny Mark thinks that uh, Biden is possessed, and there are some, admittedly, very uh, interesting, in the most horrible sense of the word, screen caps of his. Where even aside from all of the plastic surgery that Biden has had that his face just looks it, it, it looks other it looks it looks like a demon smiling in that evil demonic way back at you even through all the dementia and even through all the plastic surgery Um, I don't know. I don't I don't think and a lot of people are saying, you know, is is Biden possessed is Fauci possessed is is Klaus Schwab possessed? Are all these people possessed? Is Bill Gates possessed? I don't think so. And we have to we have to have precision about this possession means that Satan or a demon is driving the car so satan or a demon has completely taken over the person's body and is completely controlling their physical movements what they say um i don't buy that that's what these people are i don't think satan is driving and remember and remember if if someone is possessed they are by definition not culpable for anything that they say or do while the demon is driving. They're proverbially proverbially driving their body because it's not them doing it. It's not their will.
1: There is the idea that if you voluntarily invite the demon into your body, there yes. is a culpability because you specifically open the door. And, and the example given, I remember one priest giving was Hillary Clinton. That, that and he, he was speaking tongue-in-cheek but the idea being that somebody who who is who is so evil that they specifically open themselves up and request to be um, possessed in order to have power or whatever yeah. it is that they're after um, that they there's still an element where there is they do have culpability beyond and aside from if somebody was, was simply possessed against their will. Obviously, what's, what the demon is doing, they don't have culpability for. It, it's it's along the lines of, if, if I give money and ammunition and guns um, and, and plans to a group of people who I think are going to go uh, rob a bank and, and try and take over City Hall, I'm not responsible for what they did, but I am responsible for enabling them.
0: Right, right. So, But what I would say to that with regards to Joe Biden is, if if he's if he's demonically possessed and he has asked a demon to come into his life and and to give him power, if he if he is a Satanist and has asked Satan to give him power, then it seems to me that the demons would be able to cover up the dementia and the slurred speech and the fact that he's he's clearly. He's clearly not altogether there because if they're driving the body, they're driving the body. So what I found today was there's a there's a progression of these things. and in order, number one is you're is you're tempted by demons. Number two, you are oppressed by demons. Number three, demonic obsession, obsession. And then number four is demonic possession. I, I suspect that most of these people are at the number three level, they're at obsession most of the time, and that they are 100% on board with what they are saying, with what they are doing, with the agenda that they are enacting. I mean, obviously, Antipope pope Bergoglio would be at the top of this list. They're 100% on board with what's going on whereas for example the seven-year-old inner city black girl in baltimore who is possessed and is crawling on the ceiling and and is correcting the priest's latin grammar which is not possible obviously um which is not naturally possible obviously um that that is possession i think the vast majority of these people are demonically obsessed and and that's kind of where we are. But that's what the whole Biden's handlers and all of those people, they're they're all demonically oppressed and obsessed together by definition. And so whoever it was, that decided that it would be a really good look for, you know, Biden to stand in the dark in front of a blood red illuminated background with two Marines who look like stormtroopers and stand there and scream and yell and shake his fist like Hitler, anyone who thought that that was a good idea, I mean, they're they are rubbing it in, in everyone's face. They're, they're manifesting it. Um, Anti-Pope Bergoglio, Good Friday of 2020, in that horrific, horrific thing that they did in the empty St. Peter's Square with anti-Pope Bergoglio ensconced with a spotlight on him and he's glowering down down upon a crucifix in shadow. Um, Again, that is satanic manifestation done by people who are demonically obsessed, on board with it. Many of them are actual honest to goodness satan worshipers and i'm not kidding i I still think that a lot of people really don't get that we're being serious when we say that these people engage in black masses in which the liturgy is completely inverted in which um people are raped men women and children are raped and the the ultimate manifestation of the black mass is that that someone is killed preferably a child is killed human sacrifice i'll repeat it again i was talking with a with a high level professor in rome when i was over there and this person said to me we'll know we're getting close to the end when people start openly talking about the human sacrifice that goes on inside the Vatican. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, like actually killing people in in satanic, in satanic liturgies? And they said, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you think about it, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. In Rome, there are, there are prostitutes everywhere. There are boy prostitutes everywhere. There's female prostitutes everywhere. There's tranny prostitutes everywhere. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Most of those people are undocumented. And if they fall off the face of the earth, no one's gonna miss them. No one's gonna say a word. They're just, they're meat. They're meat. And they are being, they are being sacrificed inside the Vatican. And as soon as we get to the point where the world is talking about this, Talking about the anti-church talking about what's going on in there (laughs) Stay stay close to the confessional friends and keep your eye on the heavens because we got to be getting close
1: And and as you're saying at some point this is going to manifest and open up and it's going to be really obvious That there will have been a split between the true church and the anti-church But there still are these manifestations that are happening beforehand. Like you said Mm -hmm. uh, with the the Good Friday I don't know if it's liturgy or or showing yep. whatever whatever the I right word even, is
0: I don't know what you call that it wasn't a liturgy I'd call it a manifestation yeah
1: which I mean this is something we've talked about many times on the podcast and something I that really hit me I think you know I mentioned uh, hearing this on a, on a podcast this morning about this crazy speech and the symbology so I, I did what I don't typically do downloaded and listen to Ben Shapiro talk about this as well and what hit me when going through his analysis of this is like this is manifesting a pre-split in the United States as well. And we've talked about, we, we've we've mentioned in Catholic prophecy that when the Great War breaks out, it's not really going to be nation against nation. It's going to be civil war among the nations.
0: Well, and yeah.
1: we're, we're almost there. It, it, and it's ironically, looking at the situation between the church and the United States, we have somebody who is arguably not validly elected president mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, stoking a civil war. We mm-hmm. look at the church, we have somebody who's, probably not the pope i'm I'm gonna say yeah i don't think he's the pope who's stoking the the split of course we have Mm -hmm. the person who is the pope just sitting there doing nothing or is he under house arrest i mean he's you keep making the point that if somebody really wanted to to make a statement and and be known what's going on he could do it which means i guess he's not that much against it and i would imagine i I don't know what's going on internally in, in a bunch of other countries but um i think in france there's been there's been talk that that marine le pen uh should have gotten more votes and there's been um in, in, inconsistencies in the election it may be that the exact same scenario is setting up in all of these countries yeah. and that's what's going to happen I, I know that in the prophecies they, they mentioned Spain, uh, France and Italy as being the most bloody um, civil wars going on and, and so mm-hmm. when when a foreign power finally does come in, uh, the, the Muslim horde and, hit them and the great Catholic king has to raise an army to stop him this is going to be a situation where they're finally making their move because there's really nobody left to fight, whether it's because they all have myocarditis or they've all been killed through internecine violence, there's going to be seemingly nobody left to fight, and it's going to be like the, um, um, in a, in a sense like the old Old Testament. I, I didn't memorize the Bible, so you have to tell me what, who who the king was here, where where he had the army and they kept whittling it down to like 200, and then they they took that force alone and just slaughtered whoever they were up against. It's going to be that kind of that's that kind of battle. Where it's obvious that it wasn't the humans who, who, who won the victory, but it was heaven's victory. Yeah. That's coming. And whether or not we survive to see it, I don't know. But like Ian said, stay confessed. Stay close to the sacraments. Go to confession and then go to confession again so you don't have to go to confession.
0: I was trying to think of that this week. It was, I have to go to confession. There's three parts to it. Go to confession
1: go to confession before you have to go to confession. So you don't before have, to go
0: to- you have to go to confession. So you don't have to go to confession. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was missing the before you have to go to confession part. Yes, it's brilliant. Um, but that's, that's exactly what's been going on. And it seems to me, I've seen this parallel going, this parallel going with, the, with events in the United States and events in the church. I mean, with Obama, you've got a, you've got a usurper. Okay. You've got you've got a usurper on, on the, on the proverbial throne in the United States. And all this stuff is just running parallel. The whole internal corruption and, and collapse and all of this, it's all been running parallel for quite a while now.
1: Well, I mean, Obama, I mean, Obama wasn't really a usurper in the sense that he was an outsider, not an American. He was definitely American born on American soil. It just wasn't, his father wasn't uh, Frank Hussein Obama.
0: Yeah, well, do do we actually do we know that he was born in Hawaii? Because he was born in Seattle. No. By that by that, <laughs>
1: by that communist, I, I can never remember his name. But um, uh, Jack Cashel has the book "Dreams of My Real Father." Um.
0: Oh, Frank Marshall Davis. Yeah, Frank that, Marshall that Davis. guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. he was all yeah. over Hawaii, and and um, and Obama's mom had been seen with him all over the time, all over absolutely, the place.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But did she go to Kenya? She's claiming the Kenyan. Even after that, if you if you take if you take the Obama's uh, paternity and take it completely off the table, Barry, Barry was adopted by Lolo Satoro and was legally one hundred percent an Indonesian national.
1: And Lolo what? was uh, on a first name basis with George H. W. Bush.
0: Yes, absolutely. And d- didn't you say Lolo was? A bill, a billionaire, or a yeah, 100, in fact, hundred millionaire. Or, yeah, or something? we've
1: probably mentioned this before, but this is this was something I learned listening to MoFax episode number forty-four. You know, I, I appropriately uh, numbered because uh, Obama's forty-fourth president. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. uh, little-known fact is who is the richest person to become president? Barack Obama, because yep. the the uh, inheritance he got from Lilo Sotero is in the multiple billions.
0: Dude, so all of this all of this fakery and and kayfabe that's going on in the United States has been running parallel, interestingly enough, with Rome. Now, it's interesting because obviously the United States of America by name does not appear in, in scripture and is not mentioned anywhere. in, like, for example, any of the Marian apparitions or anything like that, but it is kind of foolish to think that some that the largest most powerful economy and military and and culture by means of influence by far by orders of magnitude in the history of the world i mean it leaves rome in the dust um that that culture which was the united states isn't isn't a factor and isn't isn't indicative and wouldn't be kind of like an analog running side by side with all this this garbage that's going on and as i keep saying the the new world order the covid scam the economic corruption all of it is headquartered it's and the cultural corruption the culture of sodomy the culture of abortion all of it is headquartered in washington dc and so how can we not think that it's not prudent to at least look and, and watch these parallel tracks? And what you said about civil war, I mean it's just, I've been saying this, I've been saying this for 15 years or more on my blog. You guys, this thing is not going to be anything like any other civil war where people line up on one side of a line or another, north, south, or, or whatever it is. Um, it's not going to be like that. This civil war is going to be house to house because the the Karen that lives next door to you in your cul-de-sac, if given half a chance, she would kill you. If she thought she could get away with it, she would kill you. And it will get to that point. If it gets to the point where there are people going around and people are being arrested, taken away and trenches dug and people are are shot in the back of the head into mass graves, I can absolutely assure you that if Karen is on the side of the people who are doing that, she's going to turn you in. She wants you dead. She wants your family dead. She wants your children dead. And I very intentionally use use the feminine here because it's going to be driven by women. It is going to be driven by women. This whole mess has been driven by women. And this is not me being misogynist. This is me stating facts. These Karens, these boomer Karens and, and Gen X Karens will absolutely take the power to kill When they are when it is when it is handed to them and it's going to be it's going to be house to house. And in some incredibly sad cases, it's going to be inside of houses where people are turning on each other and killing each other. Um, You know, if if Karen has hated her husband for 15 years and has wanted a divorce and and he refused to get the jab and she's and she's a true believer and she's a covidiot and the cops come and she gets in her mind the idea that she can get rid of her husband and do it legally. And these men here will do it quick and easy and she won't have any blood on her hands. Do you think that these won't do it? Pardon my language? Of course they will. Of course they will. Look at our culture. Look at our culture. Look at what these women, and again, it's women. Look at what these women are doing to children. They are mutilating and destroying children in service to pedophiles, basically. It's women who are doing this. It is women who agitated for the ability to murder in cold blood their own innocent infant children for no other reason than the child is, is, is passively inconvenient to them. Nothing more than that. It is women who agitated for this. It is women who have agitated for no-fault civil divorce. It is women who have agitated for, I mean, go, go back to everything. The, the root of, of almost everything that's disordered is women. And they are going to be the drivers of this thing. And uh, it's, it's terrifying to watch. It's terrifying to watch and it's prophesied. I believe it's in the book of Isaiah. They'll be ruled by women
1: women and children, and mm-hmm. talk, talking about women being a problem, this goes all the way back to the very first book of the Bible. Yeah, of and and there's always going to be... Uh, Chapter
0: at, 3, if I'm not mistaken, yes. At,
1: at an opportune time, there there's going to be... You know, it, it's not all just because of, of women in history, but certainly they are instruments. I mean, uh, St. John the Baptist was killed at the request of a woman.
0: Yep,
1: um, And th- that's obviously not the only example throughout, probably even through, through Scripture, but it's... Yeah, there, there's evil goes all around. I mean, it's, it's men too, but that's also contemplating on what you were just saying there. It's also one of the counterpoints that that Mary represents is that she is undoing all of the evil. She is by right. She is the one who could claim women's liberation. But what's the example she sets? Humility and obedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about.
0: Yep, indeed. And that's why they hate her. That's why they absolutely despise her. That's why they're trying to cast the rosary as a, as a symbol of <laughs> hatred or, or whatever whatever it is. Um, um, violence, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's you could see it coming, you could see it coming, but still, when it happens, it takes your breath away a little bit and it's all happening.
1: Wait, it's violent to have a rosary now?
0: You didn't
1: see that? I'm I'm sure I saw something, but it, it's it's still one of the, the dumbest things. Uh, I mean, I remember was it 15, 20 years ago? They were saying that a rosary was connected to mob violence because I guess Mexican gangsters would wear rosaries. I'm I'm assuming it's actually now they're saying these are talking. They're talking about non-Mexican gangsters. If you have a rosary, you're dangerous for some reason.
0: Oh, yeah, AR-15s and all that. I mean, I, I, I suppose I get to take a little bit of credit in all this because there is a picture of me with my rosary holding my AR. I don't post it anymore because the American flag is in the background. If I could get someone to to Photoshop the American flag out of the background, I'd be posting that picture of me holding my pink AR with my rosary draped over my hand all day long. But I'm not going to do it with the American flag in the background because I don't want people to think that I have any illusions about, you know, the fact whether or not the United States even exists. It does not, it does not. Um, so if somebody contact me, if you have any Photoshop skills and you can photo, you can find that that picture very easily on the internet, Barnhart, Rosary, AR-15, it'll co- I'm sure it'll come right up. And if you can Photoshop the American flag out of the background of it, I'd be most appreciative.
1: What about the, um- hello kitty does that get to stay
0: yes absolutely of Okay. Course. dude, dude. <laughs> actually it isn't it isn't technically hello kitty it's just hearts there's he um he dura hearts onto the onto the magazines it's very sweet so you know.
1: obviously i don't have a print of that on my wall because i couldn't remember what it was i just for some reason thought it was hello kitty i know the colors everybody were right thinks
0: it. it well yes i mean i that was the aesthetic that was used, but I said pink and white. And so the, the, he put uh pink hearts on the white magazines. And then on the, on the butt, he wrote, um, Molen labe So that was the,
1: in pink or, or something, to, something, uh, else?
0: the, the buttstock was in pink and he, the script is in white. Well, very neat. Yeah.
1: I would go with different colors personally, but it's still a very cool design.
0: Well, you know, obviously. <laughs> but my whole deal was that, you know, I was I was going after the musloids and burning the Korean at that point. And my point was that if any if any musloid wanted to come after me, not only am I going to shoot you with an AR, but I'm going to shoot you with a pink AR. And so you're going to get to you're going to get to live with that. So or die with that, I guess you should say. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say, or not live with it. <laughs> or the case not maybe. live with
0: that as the case may be. If I do my job right, if you if you, if you you attack me, then it would be not live with that.
1: Also, we've, we've talked about the upcoming civil war in the church and the United States, uh, but still, hey, it's still a good time to become a Catholic uh, just because there are problems going on in the world. It doesn't mean that, uh, or going on in the church doesn't mean that you turn your back on the church and turn your back on salvation. And recently we had a um, a minor former celebrity become Catholic uh, in the weirdest of ways.
0: Well, the whole everybody's losing their mind about, and I don't know how you pronounce his name, if it's Shia or Shia.
1: I think it's Shia.
0: Is it Shia? Okay, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeef. If <laughs> if you're a fan of... Um, Oh, what's the what's the movie? Um, I had to go girl. through
1: his I had to go through his filmography to see if I've ever seen anything he's been in because I was thinking the answer was no, and it turns out the only one that he's been in that I can remember the character was uh, the adaptation of I Robot, and of course Will Smith was the main character there, but Shia LaBeouf is the kid who keeps showing up at, at various times, and Will Smith has to tell him to stop cussing and go home, but other than that, I, I can't I don't think I've seen any movie that he's in.
0: I. I have but I can't remember what it is maybe it was iRobot I mean everything Hollywood is so unmemorable for the last several decades it's just they all they all kind of blend together um, so he he's done this Padre Pio movie and he announces that he's converted and he said he said that the Latin mass was... Um, objectively superior to the Nova Sordo and he he really did have a good line that you know I go to the Nor- Nova Sordo and I feel like someone's trying to sell me a car it's that's a that's a heck of a good line. Oh, and, and it's,
1: the the poignant thing to mention here is that he is saying this to Bishop Barron. This yeah. was Bishop Barron invited him on his little podcast, YouTube show, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This was the first time I've ever seen or listened to anything uh, from that podcast because I saw the, the the people tweeting about this. Oh, Shia is Catholic now. He's he's a trad, and, and it's like i color me skeptical, but I, I want to hear what he said. But. For one thing, Bishop Barron, if he's if he's a podcaster, he's he's not good at it. He does not let his 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 uh, guest talk. That's one of the differences between mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, and and um, and Barron, is mm-hmm. that Barron will ask a question, the person will start answering, and then Barron starts talking. He's like, dude, let your guest talk. Isn't that why exactly. he's here? And yep. and uh, now I can understand when when Shia starts saying things that are counter to the Novus Ordo way of doing things that he's going to jump in there, cut them off because, Hey, we can't have too much of that. Let's, let's, let's get this back on the, on track as, as though I, as the way I see it. But there were definitely, uh, definitely some, some things that, okay, it's, it's good for now, but we need to keep an eye on it. Don't, don't start, um, proclaiming, Hey, you know, Shia is my new hero or anything like that.
0: Yes. But, but where I want to start with is that there immediately, there were people and trads coming out and posting essays saying, you know, Shia is full of it. This is this is a load of crap. Da 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 da. Blah 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 blah. Listen, if somebody comes out and says I've converted to Catholicism, your first base ground premise should be, sweet Jesus, I hope this is true. I hope and pray that Shia LaBeouf has genuinely, genuinely converted to Christ and has entered the one holy catholic and apostolic church and is 100 percent in i hope and pray that that is true for anyone to say anything else for anyone to say he's hollywood he's an ethnic jew he's this he's that therefore this is absolutely false I'm like, what? What the hell are you talking about?
1: He's about what as Hollywood. As, he's about as Hollywood at this point as Paulie Shore. He, he, whatever fame he had is gone. He's wasted it all. He literally, literally was at the point of killing himself. Had a loaded well, gun on I'm- the table and was just waiting for a reason to use it. Uh, and I forget the exact details of what changed his mind there, but in terms of yes, he has done work in Hollywood. A lot of people have. Oh, he was a he, child
0: star. He was in he was either in either the Disney or Nickelodeon child star machine. I can't remember which one. He's grown up in Hollywood. He's been in it. He's been in big big budget movies, and yes, absolutely. He and he's he got into drugs and alcohol. I think particularly alcohol but he said he says that um he's been sober for almost two years he married his girlfriend they had a baby and apparently that i mean praise god apparently that cleaned him up in terms of in terms of the alcohol however yes it's absolutely true this guy's coming out of hollywood ethnic jew alcoholic probably drugs completely ruined his own career got to the point where he couldn't he couldn't get insured he would he was being fired from movies because of his behavior. Um, You know, when you're in the deep throes of alcoholism, it's I I mean, people do things that are borderline schizophrenic and might be schizophrenic. Um, It might incite that I I don't know. But the guy the guy had completely destroyed his own career. Um, And then he gets hired to do this Padre Pio um, biopic. Okay, in terms of that, we have to be objective about these things. This is, this is hearkening back to the whole mess with Mel Gibson and that father, what was that movie? Father Stew and all that. Hey, Mel Gibson is making a, a movie about a Catholic priest. And then you look at it and you see that the, the movie is written and directed by Mel Gibson's concubine and baby mama, and you you're just shaking your head and saying, okay, guys, we gotta do better than this. We gotta we gotta think objectively here. This isn't cool. The guy who has directed this movie apparently is what his oeuvre is before this movie is pornography. He was a porn director.
1: You're talking about the um, Padre the, Shia Pio LaBeouf, movie?
0: the Padre Pio movie. Yes. So we need we can't be okay, Shia LaBeouf comes out and says, I've converted to Catholicism. Your prayer that goes up to Christ Jesus is, please let this be true, okay? Let this be true. Let this stick, and let this guy advance in sanctity for the rest of his life and achieve the beatific vision. That's that's all we should. This is our prayer for everyone on earth, whether they're Hollywood, whether they're an ethnic Jew, whether they're anything. You don't disqualify anybody. However, we do need to be savvy about this thing and you don't jump on some bandwagon and every word that now comes out of Shia LaBeouf's mouth is taken as secondary gospel. Okay, just, there's, there's, there's a balance here, friends, and, and we need to have that balance. Um, but the thing that's, that you know, I, I read, I think it was, um, oh, what's the guy's name? What's the nom de, nom de plume? Mundeboer, the Mundeboer blog. Guys over in Europe somewhere, and he's he's harsh, and he wrote this piece saying this is all this is all BS, and da, da 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 da, and this that and the other. And I'm thinking, you know, this reminds me. I got to thinking about Saint Paul. Now, again, keeping in mind everything I just said about we need to be realistic about Shia LaBeouf. However. Can you imagine what it was like for St. Paul after after his conversion on the road to Damascus to roll in to Jerusalem, you know, however long it was after he, you know, he he chilled out and then he, I don't know how long it was, if it was a couple of years or three years, I can't remember, um, you know, experts out there, let us know, podcast at barnhart.biz. Um, can you imagine what it was like for St. Paul to roll into Jerusalem for the first time and present himself? He had been killing Christians. And he had to roll in there and present himself and overcome the, the bias, obviously, almost one might almost say the prudent bias that people had against him because he had literally been killing them. Okay, so I'm not saying that Shia LaBeouf is the is the second coming of St. Paul. I'm just saying that it got me thinking about it. What if I had been one of the people, one of the originals uh, in Jerusalem, and St. Paul had rolled in? What would I have said?
1: Lock the doors and run for cover.
0: Yep, I would I, I can tell you right now, that's exactly what I would have said. I would have said don't trust this guy do not trust this guy. I I know myself, and I can tell you right now, that's what I would have said. And it's, for me, it's St. Paul, and I've mentioned this before, it's John the Baptist. If I were on the ground in, in Palestine in the year 27, 28, whatever, and I had seen John the Baptist, I would have said, no way. And if i saw john the baptist incarnate today but manifesting himself in an analogous way to what he must have looked like in the in the 20s in the, tw- the year 20s in palestine but in the modern context i would cross the street to avoid him and it scares the crap out of me because that was the greatest man ever born of woman and saint paul is the apostle to the gentiles
1: okay i gotta gotta take a tangent on that point okay the the, giving saint john the baptist the title greatest man born of woman doesn't that slight saint joseph i thought it's the
0: words of our lord in the gospels so
1: okay i'm not gonna argue with that
0: yeah sorry
1: (laughs) but i thought saint joseph was higher in heaven than everybody except for mary no
0: no john it's it's john the baptist
1: not that St. Joseph would ever complain. I mean, he wouldn't. In fact, he'd, no. probably, he'd probably try to take a lower seat anyway. But no, I, okay. Good point. I, no, I for, no I forgot our about Lord that.
0: said in the Gospels that St. John the Baptist was the greatest man ever born of woman.
1: Okay, I forgot that point. Yep. I, yeah, I, you're a I Catholic. Need,
0: you don't know the Bible. It's okay. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I, I
1: I actually have started uh, renewing my study of the Bible because uh, I've made the comment from time to time that uh, everyone who's not Catholic, all y'all Protestants look the same to me. I've actually made a concerted point that I want to— uh, rectify that ignorance, uh, mainly so I can talk to people who are Protestant and start working on them. It's like, okay, start, if I know that somebody says they're one particular type of denomination or whatever, then I can say, okay, I know what these people believe. Then I can start working on what's the point to start getting them toward Catholicism. So mm-hmm. for example, I asked you the point, what was your denomination before you started or before you, when you were growing up? And it was, I forget the name of it now, but the point is that they were basically it's Christianity for atheists. And they don't even believe that um, Jesus was a, a real person who really existed. So the, the first thing to start— Well, that's work-
0: what I grew up in, the United right. Church so, of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so the first point with somebody like that is you start talking about the actual historic uh, pr- uh, proofs that Christ really did exist. And we're not looking at Christian texts here. And I'm getting off point here. But yeah, the, the, the point is that I, I, I am starting again on uh, actual Bible study and—, and um, so i can talk to people.
0: So your scripture your scripture reference on this is very easy to remember. It's Matthew 11:11. 11, 11. Amen, I say to you there hath not risen among them that are born of women a greater than John the Baptist. Yet he that is the lesser in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And it's repeated also in Luke somewhere like Luke 7 Luke 7:28. 7, it's repeated. Okay. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no great. There is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he.
1: Okay. So in terms of men born of women, uh, John the Baptist goes to 11. And that's how I'm going to remember that. It's Ma- uh, Matthew 11, Matthew
0: 11, 11. Because yep. he, goes yeah, 11. he goes to 11. Yeah, he goes <laughs> to 11, yes. Only we could work a spinal tap reference into <laughs> a mnemonic device remembering the the verse about John the Baptist. Well done, sir, well done.
1: But going <laughs> going back to whether or not you would have recognized Paul or what you would have done, um, I think I, I sidetracked your story, but we do tangents here.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's the nitty gritty of it. I, I wouldn't have, I would have been skept, I would have been more than skeptical of Paul and I would have been highly skeptical and probably afraid of John the Baptist. Um, and then the, <laughs> the, the, the next point that this leads me to is that people say this about me. And one of the most prominent is, is um, Chris Ferrara. There's there was some he did some interview I don't know if it was with Mike Matt or if it was with LifeSight or who it was with and somehow this was years ago but it was after um, it was after the whole thing when I had you know come out publicly in the summer of 2016 and said Bergoglio is an anti Pope Pope Benedict never validly resigned Canon 188 substantial error that's it I'm going public I'm putting my foot down. And I, and I saw Chris at an event, and he comes marching up to me, and who, look, the first thing he said, didn't even say hi or anything, um, and he tried to claim that he didn't know who I was, but of course he knew who I was. We had met multiple times before, and the proof of this is that he strode up to me, As I was standing there talking to Mike Matt and just started talking to me he didn't say he didn't introduce himself he didn't say anything because why would he because he had met me multiple times and I knew him and he knew me so he strides up to me and he says look we all think you're probably right about Bergoglio but who do you think you are to be saying it publicly I was
1: like who where I are you have supposed
0: to be to say it? <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> where else would I say it and who do I have to be um, and so one of one of Chris Ferrara's things that he would say about me when he would give interviews and so on and so forth is he would in this incredibly sneering um, litigious as he has tone that he can take is that he would start talking about me and say who is this convert? who is this convert well i mean what would you rather i have not converted what, what would you rather and you know may i remind you that god does what he wants when he wants with whom he wants um What are are you are you upset that I had the that I had the the virility to come out and say what I believe and am beyond morally certain about and say it publicly and put my money where my mouth is and ultimately be proven right? Um, And or I don't know what the thing is, but that's that. Who is this convert? Who is this convert? Well, shouldn't we be evangelizing the whole world? and i'm sorry but cradle catholics have one thousand percent dropped the ball so don't don't get your don't get all don't get your knickers in a twist when converts like me roll in by the divine providence by the grace of god and start and start speaking up about this stuff
1: um well that's a, that's a remarkable display of hubris to say that yeah. just based on who it is I'm I'm not going to pay attention to you and this is that's one of two prominent data points with regard to Chris Farrar. I mean I've cited his his work in the past when it comes to oh, sure. yeah. to uh to you know the the massive loopholes in sacrosanctum concilium for example it's a document that undoes itself in in its mm-hmm. in its wording and he he brilliantly points this all out but your example there of what you mentioned and one of the times that I saw him it was actually at the Angel's press conference years ago he debated somebody on the third secret of Fatima, and while I don't agree with the person who was arguing the opposite side, I think that person won the debate mainly because it seemed like Chris Farrar just mailed it in. I mean, it, it's I realize there's somebody who who passed along that I I, I called somebody uh, Doctor Cut and Paste, but this guy's not even trying. Farrar is just mailing it in. Well, so I
0: he's, think he's, I think they think that they can, and you know you talk about Dr. Cut and paste who is also a convert. In fact, he was a a very good one. And and I'm
1: I'm sorry if he's upset about that. It was a tongue in cheek joke, but, um, I think we've talked many times about somebody named Adam Curry. Uh, he's, he is definitely in a phase in his life where he is searching for the truth. And if somebody could arrange for him to meet, um, Shoot, I don't even want to give this person's real name now because I've, I've mentioned the nickname and, he, and somebody mentioned it to him. And he's clearly ticked at me about it. But if that person could be met, could be matched up with Adam Curry to, to talk to him about the faith, that'd be the perfect person because they're both media types. You think? You yes, think? yes, because in terms of going, somebody well, this go, is flattering.
0: Some, Can I just say his name? I mean, why I, not?
1: I don't know because I just because we just talked about him as Doctor Cut and Paste. Well, okay, fine. We're talking about Taylor Marshall. Like Taylor and, Marshall. And it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was a joke, and I didn't mean it seriously. But anyway, he, t- Taylor Marshall is really good at explaining. The, the faith when if you don't have any background and basis and right. and the, the whole joke about doc, uh, cut and paste actually came from uh it was, i think it was nervous to watch somebody who did a, a a critique and analysis and breakdown of his book and and came to the conclusion although he didn't uh, directly say this is really what happened came to the conclusion that that he was cut and pasting some some citations out, out of uh, wikipedia which whatever it, it's it's an accurate citation it works but in terms Some of, of
0: them aren't accurate, though, and that, that's where he got snagged. It was, okay, it was, it was but sloppy. in terms
1: of okay, so the book Infiltration, uh, if you didn't have any background to traditional Catholicism and the infiltration that has taken place, it's an excellent starter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If, if
1: you've yeah. lived it for the last 30, 40 years, you probably know more than what's in the book.
0: Right. But it's and, it's a primer. It's a primer for anybody who's just rolling into this situation. Absolutely. Right. Yeah.
1: So if somebody like Adam Curry was actually going to be open to the Catholic faith and the traditional Catholic faith at that and wanted to learn, I would absolutely, if, if I could arrange it, put him in touch with Taylor Marshall and say, you guys need to talk. Because they yeah. have they they have that gift of gab between the two of them.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're
1: both podcasters. They'd probably end up um, doing several interviews <laughs> yeah. like yeah. that. And and it's something that they, they would their energies would feed off each other. And and yes, you can learn a lot from Taylor Marshall if you're starting from zero.
0: Sure, absolutely. I tell I tell people all the time to read who are just who are just starting, who are just entering. And yes, I get emails not every single day from someone who's just just coming. Into Christianity, or is just reverting after apostatizing, apostatizing in childhood, but I get these emails regularly, and I tell them to read the, especially women, read the Scott Hahn oof, re-read all that. That's good. That's a great place to start. You you don't you don't start by reading the Summa. You don't start by reading you know doctoral dissertations and things like this. And for. For me personally, as a blogger, that's one of the reasons that I've had success, even when I was writing, you know, livestock and grain market commentary, is because I write in an interesting, direct, easy to understand, um, and yet yet also interesting and entertaining, but not so lofty that nobody understands what I'm talking about. You know, every once in a while, yeah, I I use a word that maybe someone's going to have to right click on and, and, you know, do the lookup function, but not too often. And hopefully, if I if I write something correctly, and I do use a word that x percentage of the readership is going to have to right click on and look up, they'll have kind of an idea what I'm talking about by the context of the sentence. So, you know, I'm, I'm good in that sense.
1: Smart, but not too smart.
0: Smart, but not too smart. Well, hey man, that's that's where it is, you know? I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good if you're running on and on and on and on and nobody can understand what you're saying. You could be you could be completely right. You could be 100% accurate. If nobody can make heads or tails of what you're saying, it's no good. And um, we've talked about this before, but if you wanna see this, just compare the writings of, say, for example, Leo the Thirteenth, with either Pope J.P. Two or especially Pope Ratzinger. I mean, you know, reading Ratzinger, even even the stuff he's written while he while he is Pope, the late stuff. It's it's the kind of stuff that even I find myself going back and having to read things, not just twice but three times. To to get the what is the point and and sometimes to be perfectly honest you can't even get to the point it's just oh, oh, okay so there was a premise and then he he argued both sides and then really didn't come to any sort of a firm conclusion at the end Ugh. now compare well that's Hegelian well exactly thank you it's it's synthesis antithesis or excuse me it's thesis antithesis synthesis exactly right go now compare that go read any of the documents and there are a bunch of them by leo the 13th leo the 13th is at the very end of the 1800s right into the the i think he lived beyond the turn of the century like 1902 1903 something like that It's, it's just crystal clear you read these documents and they're crystal clear he writes a complete deconstruction of marxism the document is short you can sit down and read it in one reading and everything that he says is crystal clear every paragraph is a compact clear has a point direct forthright and yet also beautifully written i mean it's that's how it should be that's that's indicative of something that's that's good and well written and somebody who can teach well you you go to theology of the body and it's just on and on and spiraling logic and oh no but see that's how slavs think slavs don't think in a direct line slavs think in spirals and go up and down a a helix and revisit concepts from three chapters ago and good grief
1: and and just
0: if you have a point make it you know
1: and spout heretical ideas like the redactors and multiple authors of the first five books of the, of the Bible. I mean, at one point in time, because somebody was was berating me because I'd never read anything about Theology of the Body, I started reading through it, and it was very early on, maybe first or second chapters. And again, this is Pope John Paul II writing this, at least. Allegedly, he signed it, talking about the, the multiple authors and redactors in Genesis. It's like, okay, I'm done. That's heretical and condemned. Yeah. I'm not reading anymore.
0: I had somebody ask me that the other day, someone who's kind of edging it, looking at reverting uh, who who wrote who wrote the first five books of the Bible? I'm like, dude, Moses, who else do you think? mean (laughs) moses (laughs) Uh, but you know it's 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 not cool and it's not modern and it's not chic to say that and of course the other thing with theology of the body is he put the um pleasure and unity of the spouses on the same level with the procreative function and that that just that let the horse out of the barn and that's what anti-pope bergoglio is getting ready to do the all the death penalty crap that he's doing. People are going to let people are going to be deceived into thinking that the church has done a complete against holy scripture and the divine law. And anti-Pope Bergoglio is going to deceive people into thinking that the death penalty is abolished and is immoral which is 100% heretical. It's in the Bible. If someone does this, execute them. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's all over the place. Everyone has has known and understood this from, from the very beginning. There are certain things that you do that are so bad that your life is forfeit. Now, whether or not you are shriven and you confess your sins and you beg God's forgiveness and receive, receive absolution and die well, that is a completely separate question. Your life is still forfeit. There is justice and you have to pay. And to deny a man the justice that he, that he deserves as a man, as a human being, there's a dignity there. To deny him that justice is, as John Sr. said, it's a, it's a greater crime than, than the crime that he committed himself. To deny him the justice that he deserves, you say, well, Ann, that's an extreme thing to say. How can, how can you possibly say that? I would say back to you, have you seen what's going on in the world today? Do you not understand why it is that people are slaughtering each other in broad daylight? Why people are mutilating children? Why sodomites are running wild across the surface of the earth? It is precisely because they have been denied the justice that is due to them. And in denying them that justice, we have committed the greater crime. And now we're paying for it. Because if you say, like, for example, the the primary argument, and this is ooh, talk about getting controversial. Here we go. Um, the argument that a lot of people make is that, for example, non-white people should not be executed because they are not culpable for the crimes that they commit. Now you stop and think about that.
1: That's a wildly racist thing to of say. Of course
0: it is. Of course it is. You're reducing them to the level of animals. You are saying that they're animals.
1: And just for clarity, there is one party and only one party who thinks and acts this way. It's the same party who says, oh, we need to give you quotas so you can get into these colleges because you're too dumb on your own to, to get in yep, there. Yep,
0: exactly. And denial of justice based upon race is the ultimate form of racism. And eventually, now what you've got is that you've got anti-Pope Bergoglio, who's probably the false prophet, foreigner the Antichrist, sitting at the head of the anti-church, declaring that all human beings, all human beings are at the level of animals, should not be held accountable for their actions, and therefore should not receive the justice that they deserve. It is a complete inversion. Watch. Always watch for inversion. Always watch for inversion. And ultimately, who is the one who's driving this human beings are animals or even lower than animals? This is all Satan. This, this is his jam. He has a vendetta against humanity because the second person of the triune godhead not only incar- incarnated as man, but because the second person of the triune Godhead, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, incarnated through a human woman. That's the big vendetta that, that Satan has. Satan wanted himself to be the vector by which the second person incarnated into the world. As some, I don't I don't, I don't even know what, what Lucifer thought that would be, some sort of quasi angelic being or something like that. I don't even know um but it wasn't it was it was the little jewish girl full of grace and completely totally humble that's the vendetta and so and so satan is trying to convince all of humanity and now has anti-pope bergoglio probably the false prophet foreign of the antichrist trying to tell the entire world that no human being can ever be held to account for his crimes, because we're, we're animals and we're, and we're not culpable. We don't have free will. We don't have the intellectual capacity to know right from wrong. He's trying to say we're animals or lower than animals. That's what this is about.
1: And if the death penalty, okay, so when somebody's con- condemned to death, obviously they are face to face with their own mortality. And they will actually start thinking seriously. It Doesn't matter how horrible of life they've had. At exactly. that point, they will start thinking seriously about what's coming, and especially yep. uh, for the first time, possibly ever, seriously think about what is—is is there a next life and what happens? Yep. And I, I've been wanting to mention Saint Joseph Kafasso. Uh, he's he's been referred to as the the uh, apostle to the gallows, if I'm remembering correctly. But he he is ministry, and he's the the patron of, of prisoners. And and uh, I believe the the repent and the condemned probably and the, the condemned yeah. because he mm-hmm. his specific ministry was to those who were condemned to die.
0: What a beautiful ministry! Wow. And,
1: and and having getting them to repent of their sin, to go to confession, and then offer their death and all the pains that accompany it in reparation for all the sins they committed, mm-hmm. and. I don't remember where I heard this. I don't know if it was opinion or if this is actually what the church teach. I don't think it's exactly what the church teaches. I think it was opinion, but I just don't remember whose opinion it was. That in a situation like that, let's say you are condemned to die for first-degree murder. Mm -hmm. If you have true repentance and then you unite to the passion of Christ the just punishment of your death Mm -hmm. that you undergo for your sin, that that actually will more... It, it, it's. I, I, I'm not going to quantify because I don't remember exactly where I heard this or who said it or, or on what, what authority. But it is massively um, penitential. At the at the very least, if you well, have certainly. that kind of conversion, you're only going to purgatory.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. And um, the other the other saint that was um, that ministered to the condemned was Saint Vincent pelotti So, what was the name of yours?
1: Saint Joseph Cafasso.
0: Saint- C-A-F-A-S-O or K-A-F-A-S-O?
1: C-A-F-A-S-S-O.
0: A-S-S-O. Okay. Excellent. And yes, I've been talking about this for years and years and years. I had a mass offered um, years ago for Jamie Dimon, the, the criminal head of J.P. Morgan. And I had a mass offered for him because he announced that he had been diagnosed with throat cancer. I was like, wow, he's probably he's probably gonna be dead pretty quick. And so I had a mass offered for him and people are saying, well, why, why in the world would you do that? Because a man like Jamie Dimon, he announces he has throat cancer, he's gonna die in luxury. He's gonna die comfortably, probably in a, in a bed, in his home, in the Hamptons. He's not going, he's never going to be held to account for the crimes that he he has committed, the financial crimes that he has committed, and they are capital crimes. If you wanna get really current events on this, the absolutely perfect exemplar of this is Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci is a mass murderer, crimes against humanity, 1,000% should be arrested, tried and upon conviction he should be executed by firing squad or hung no question about this sadly if
1: all the nazis and ss were still alive they would be envious of that dude
0: they would be they he has made them all look like absolute pikers so the the tragedy is if if things keep going the way that they're going i think fauci's 81 years old he's he's gonna die comfortably, in the lap of luxury, probably in some house on Martha's Vineyard or Northern Virginia or wherever the hell it is that he lives. He is he is not going to revert. He is never going to be confronted with his crimes, and he's going to die in complete peace and complete comfort, and he's going to meet our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's particular judgment, and it is a almost metaphysical certitude that that son of a bitch is going to go to hell for all eternity. I mean, how could he not? How could he not? Now, if he were to be executed, if you were to arrest Anthony Fauci, try him, convict him, pass judgment and say, look, you are going to be shot by firing squad at sunrise tomorrow morning. There's a priest you are a baptized and confirmed Catholic, there's a priest, you don't even need to be baptized, all you need to do is make a good confession and the the priest will be available to you in however many hours it is until dawn tomorrow morning, at which time you are going to be shot by firing squad until you are dead. This is pretty much the only hope that a man like that, like Anthony Fauci has. He is such a psychopath. And he is such a massive, massive criminal that you can't sit him down and talk to him, you can't sit down and talk to him in his house in Northern Virginia and say, well, you know, Tony, you've you've done some pretty bad things here, I think you should say that you're sorry, that's not going to work on guys like this and women like this only thing that can snap these psychopaths that has any hope of snapping these psychopaths back into any semblance of moral sanity is the absolutely sure knowledge that they are going to die in a matter of hours no ifs, ands or buts the clock is running that has a way of clearing the mind and clearing the soul because nobody is ever going to do this everything held constant as it is now because no one is ever going to do this to anthony fauci he's almost certainly gonna go to hell and that's a shame and no that's
1: that's not advocating um, taking matters into your own hands and absolutely executing yourself not. because that's killing somebody without it, giving them the chance to to repent this has to be jurisdictionally or juridically done the sentence has to be read. Saint
0: Paul, yeah, it's the 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 state wields the sword, not vigilantes.
1: And and setting aside the question of people like Fauci, who richly deserve to be executed for their for their jobs, or for what they've done, I should say,
0: for their crimes. Yeah, for their
1: crime, it, it's it's take take him specifically out of the equation in terms of justice to all of society. If somebody who is in a position where what they do affects literally everybody let's say somebody who is um, able to make the tax code and 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 does something egregiously or, or just just defrauds literally everybody and and mm-hmm. to an extreme degree they have mm-hmm. committed a crime against everybody in society mm-hmm. by justice they have to be punished in a way that every person in society, is, is is recompensed, and if they can't bring the money out of their pockets, then it has to be removed from society. Yeah. And it's it's that, that question of whether it's the rest of your natural life turning big rocks into little rocks or you have 33 days and we're, we're uh, cutting your head off or shooting you until you're dead. Either way is just to have that person removed from society. To be sentenced to death is a, is a mercy because oh, absolutely. You, you are being faced with imminent... You better get your soul in order because you're going to be facing God. Even atheists, to a certain degree, realize they're, they're going to start asking questions. Maybe this whole idea of there being something after this life, maybe it's true. And they're going to at least wonder. But if you send, sentence somebody to the rest of the life in prison, and especially prison in the American system, you don't really have a hard time. It's not like you're going to the Russian gulag.
0: No, And the other thing to remember about life sentences without the possibility of parole is that you've given the person permission to commit as much murder as they want. This is this is an argument that Carl Denninger has made a lot. And it's absolutely 100% true. If you have a system where there is no death penalty whatsoever, under any circumstance, what keeps what keeps a man who's in prison from killing whoever he wants other inmates guards what 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 you've you've just handed him an invitation to commit as much crime as he wants and there will be by definition no additional punishment there's nothing you can do to him because you've said you know the worst that happens to you is you you stay here for the rest of your life and you die a natural death well why shouldn't he kill the guard why shouldn't he do that it it, it gives such a, a twisted once again here's this word inverted it's such an inversion it gives a man permission permission to commit to commit murder to and any other crimes he wants to um so again it's it's so warped and that is why anti-pope bergoglio and the the infiltrators into the church who are who are now anti-church erecting this bastard anti-church inside the vatican trying to deceive the world into into thinking that that one true church has been eliminated and replaced by this monstrosity that's why they're pushing this because it is this, it is a satanic inversion and let let us also not neglect to mention the fact that these people bergoglio these satanists these pedophiles these sodomites these these horrible these financial criminals these horrible horrible men um most of them a lot of them are guilty of capital crimes especially if you if you bring sodomy into it certainly if you bring certainly if you bring any sort of participation in a satanic ritual into it that's a capital crime um, Pius V said, sodomy amongst clerics is a capital offense. Laicize them and hand them to the civil authorities and let the civil authorities try them and execute them. That's Pius V's response to what you do with sodomite clerics. Pius V, our Father and God, pray for us.
1: Um, I was going to mention uh, Louis the IX, uh, St. Louis the IX, I should say, uh-huh. earlier talking about uh, capital punishment and his his quote was, "The only argument you make to somebody who blasphemes is to run your sword all the way through to the hilt,
0: <laughs> yes, I posted that I posted that uh, that little meme, indeed, indeed.
1: well, course, um, I, see I read your blog,
0: yeah, every once in a while, every once in a while, just to just to check for typos, though. um just to make
1: sure i I can say I said it on the podcast
0: <laughs> but it's it's absolutely true. So, you know, it's all being shrouded in this. Here we, here I go again, back to my misogyny, back into this feminine, oh, you can't hurt anybody. You, oh, no, that's mean. That's not merciful. Woman, sit down and shut up. It is the most merciful thing that you can do. There were Nazis. There were Catholic, born and raised German Nazis who were arrested, who were sitting in prison, there's one of them, I have a blog post on it, we'll put it in the show notes. I can't remember what his name was, but um, he he was in prison in Germany and from his jail cell, and he knew that he was gonna be executed. He had been convicted and it was just a, a very short matter of time between his conviction and his execution, just a matter of days. But from his, from his cell, he could hear church bells ringing. This is very interesting because I don't know if a lot of you know this, um, I bet a lot of you do now because I think they just did this in St. Mary's or they're getting ready to do it where they're the SSPX is building that enormous church. Um, when they get bells, bells have a name and bells are actually baptized. There's a rite that is done to bells before they are hung or when when they are hung and before they are rung for the first time. In a bell tower in a church, that is called a baptism. They're given a name. They're anointed with oil. They're they're sprinkled with water, et cetera, et cetera, because the bells, in a certain sense, the sound of it is a voice, and it's proclaiming the gospel. And so, well, they're <laughs> the used church in the liturgy.
1: Traditional yes. traditionally, the bells are rung at the at the time of consecration. It's they mm-hmm. are part of the liturgy
0: absolutely and so bells are baptized for this reason because they have this voice and they proclaim the gospel and this nazi could hear the bells the church bells ringing and those bells called him back and he i mean he openly told the priest all this and said you can tell everybody this and he made he made a very good confession and the priest said that he died very very well praise god Praise God. That's all we're asking for here. We just want to help people get to heaven. Everybody, including Shia LaBeouf and everybody else. And Anthony Fauci and everything else. Not that I'm putting Shia LaBeouf in the same category as Anthony Fauci, because that would be that would be wrong, but just because it's it was two topics in in this podcast that I put the two names together. Rooting for everybody here. And Anthony Fauci is an example of a man who needs to be executed because it's A, He deserves it. It is justice that is due to him as a human being and his dignity as a human being means that he is responsible for what he has done and he is owed. He is owed from us as society to be executed. And it's basically the only hope that this man has to repent and get through his particular judgment and make it to the beatific vision so that he can be there in heaven. Hopefully with me, hopefully with you, and hopefully with with all of y'all listening. You should want to see Anthony Fauci in heaven.
1: Absolutely. Along with every Nazi who died a good death and hopefully all the rest of them too. I mean, we we don't, we're not rooting for Nazis here, obviously. Um, But the point is we want. We're rooting
0: for people. Up with people, as they say.
1: (laughs) Very good. You you beat me to that one. Yes, we're we're rooting for everybody to get to heaven. We realize not everyone will, but the goal is that it's, it's not like Christ's grace wasn't isn't sufficient to save literally every single person on earth that ever has been and ever will be it, it's it's not a, it's not a defect in christ's merits if people go to hell it's because they turn their backs on him
0: exactly it is their choice and it's very sad but there's a guy who used to be used to own a, a prominent catholic trad website who is violently apostatized or or uh, declared war on God. I don't think he's, I think he believes in God, he just hates God, and he's at war with him. And when, And he's constantly trying to tell people that um, because anybody goes to hell, it's proof that God is a monster. And if God is a monster, then therefore Lucifer is admirable because Lucifer was the first one who had, who had the wherewithal to rebel against God, who is a monster, according to this guy because that's what happens when you live in a state of unrepentant mortal sin and receive the Eucharist in a state of unrepentant mortal sin and intransigently declare that you'd rather go to hell than admit that Bergoglio isn't the Pope. And I've been calling this for years and trying to warn people. But the argument that these people are making, and Barron is making it, circling back to Shia LaBeouf and his interview with with Barron, baron's major heresy is universal salvation that he said it's it's reasonable to hope and expect that hell hell is empty no 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 our lord goes on and on and on in the gospels about hell and you will go there and it's permanent and that's it if everybody even if you make the argument that everyone eventually is going to get out of um i guess what you could what you could call a universal purgatory that every everybody goes to purgatory and eventually everybody gets out and everybody gets the beatific vision what that does is it goes it goes ahead and it completely destroys the entire moral order There is no reason whatsoever for anyone to observe the law. You can hurt our Lord as much as you want with as much malice as you want till the last second of your life and enjoy it and be glad that you did it. And you will ultimately, according to these people, these universalists, you will ultimately end up in the same beatific vision as everybody else. That is a wild injustice. And God is perfect justice. People choose hell. They choose it. God doesn't send them there. They choose it. Um, which, is if you crazy, wanna talk,
1: which is a crazy so, thing to think about, but it's absolutely true.
0: Yes. And if you say, well, what, what about unbaptized babies and unbaptized people and everything? Unbaptized babies, uh, all, all of that, p- children who are beneath the age of reason. They don't go to torment, they go to limbo, and they've never committed a personal sin. So they they exist in a state of natural happiness is how it's defined, but they are not in the beatific vision. None of us are owed the beatific vision. This is another false-based premise that God owes us something god how could you say that he owes us anything he's he's created us first of all so we've been given that gift he sent his son to die for our sins so we've we've got that we have the opportunity to have the beatific vision and while we're here on the earth we have the gift of free will and also just just as a casual aside he's also consciously holding every electron of every atom in its valence shell, in our entire bodies at all times, consciously, consciously doing this. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the argument that, that he somehow owes us anything is just hubristic to the, to the extreme. He doesn't owe us anything, the whole thing is a gift. That's the entire point. When our Lord keeps saying over and over and over again, you guys, you have no idea what I have waiting for you. You have no clue what the, how good the beatific vision is gonna be for you. You have no idea how I am going to lavish you with, with love and, and beauty and, and goodness and everything that you could ever, ever, ever possibly want in, in the infinite. I'm just gonna lavish you with all that you have no idea what it is that I want to give to you. The only thing I ask is that you please, you know, freely choose it and don't choose to not have it. For the ones who who are not baptized, This is why we have to go to the ends of the earth and baptize everybody. Another proof set that anti-Pope Bergoglio is not the vicar of Jesus Christ on earth and isn't even Catholic. He has repeatedly said that proselytism is a sin, that it is a sin to go and try to convert people. He has inverted the Great Commission. He has said, you should not go baptize. Leave everybody as they are. Go ahead.
1: I recall him saying that it was solemn nonsense, but I didn't realize he upgraded that to a sin. Now
0: he did. Yep, that was uh, well. Time is all running together. I want to say maybe it was in the context of the Amazon thing, Um, and at the same time that he was worshiping the po- the <laughs> demon. That would seem to be the case when they were, you know, talking about ecumenism and all that. That. Like, no, because those Jesuits, those fruity Jesuits down there in South America were openly bragging about the fact that they had never baptized anybody. One of those faggot Jesuits explicitly said that, I have never, I've been there for 40 years in the jungle, I've never baptized anyone. And that was, that was considered exemplary. <sighs> so that the babies, the unbaptized, um, they do not go to torment. They go to limbo, they go to to natural happiness. Um, but babies, like for example, Saint Tiny Princess, babies who do die who were baptized, beatific vision. But the beautiful point that Super Nerd made is that even though his daughter, his infant daughter, is in the beatific vision, the tragedy of her life is that she was not able to grow to adulthood and merit, um, a higher, a higher place in heaven. That's what we're all trying to do every day. We should all, you know, take take inventory, do your examination of conscience every day and say, what do you think, Anne? Do you think that today you merited a higher place in heaven? Do you think that you stayed just sideways or do you think you went down a notch or several notches as the case may be? So that's, that's kind of what we're all doing every day. And while we are, it's such a tremendous consolation to know that infants are in the beatific vision. It's still a tragedy that they didn't get to grow to adulthood to, to merit something more, which is why we don't all, you know, baptize our children and then instantly slaughter them as the state would have us do. And I've actually heard, I've heard Nova Ordo women argue this, you know, oh, all the aborted babies go to heaven. Really? Really? then why shouldn't every child be aborted and oh, women they 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 struggle with rationality sometimes she couldn't answer me
1: the only possible argument you could make about a aborted child going to heaven is if the child was aborted because the parents were catholic and therefore it's baptism of blood
0: but if the child but wouldn't the child have to be basically martyred Murdered murdered in malice for the faith.
1: Yeah, that that's the point. Because if the if the child was aborted because the, the parents were Catholic and were had every intention of baptizing the child. And so to avoid the possibility of there being yet another Catholic in the mind of the person who would do this, you abort the child forcibly. That's no different than the killing of the of the uh, the holy innocents.
0: You mean like forced abortions in China? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So a third party. A third party. Yeah. I
1: guess. I guess I didn't yeah, make that point clear. Yeah, Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yes. Then that the child is being killed for the faith at that point. So that would be like the holy innocence. Um. But again, you're not you're not gunning for that, for heaven's sake. And you know, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Stuff like that has gone on in history, and I and I think we're probably heading towards that. Um, one could even argue, perhaps that. Fauci and and these death injections, which are obviously abortifacient. Um, the, the number of miscarriages and stillbirths is through the roof. Um, these children were were absolutely murdered in a genocidal human population reduction scheme, which is still ongoing. Um, but can you say that they were murdered for the faith when the objective of the Luciferians is just to kill as many human beings as possible across the board. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question.
1: I would say no. Well, I, I would, yeah. For the, the whole Gates-Fauci thing, no, it's just reduce human population. Yeah, I they're, think you're they're right. Not, they're not looking, well, I mean, if they could, if they could genetically target to kill off Catholics, they might. <laughs> oh yeah. But that's not a genetic thing. We, we're not a race.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's just the human race, alas. So, did we, did we kind of, <laughs> did we, we got, we got um, Shia taken care of. We pray for the best, but we're not going to, we're not going to declare this guy a prophet. We're, we're going to pray for him that, that his conversion holds. Oh, the other point I wanted to make about Shia is a, a great way as we go forward. Um, I don't know if he's going to, keep talking publicly he probably shouldn't for his for his own good if he has a spiritual director who's worth their salt i think the best advice that they could give him is you need to just you need to you know keep it low key for a second and just get settled in (laughs) and make sure you're squared away so we'll see what happens however i probably suspect that he will say more one thing to look out for the guy's coming out of Hollywood, he's, he's doing movies, he's got a movie right now, he presumably probably wants to do more, I would suspect. Um, if he continues to talk, it will be very interesting to see what he says about sodomy because he, if he wants to stay in any way in the Hollywood paradigm, he cannot say anything against sodomy publicly. Now, of course, the, the perennial teaching of the church is now, ever was, and ever shall be, that sodomy is a grave mortal sin. It's one of the four sins that cries out to heaven for God's vengeance. If he says anything that is even remotely pro-sodomy, waffling on it, just even lukewarm on it, you, you know that the kid's going to be in trouble. You know that he's in trouble. Um... And at that point, I would say you pray for him even more. But that's going to be a huge, huge tell to see where where he comes down on that, because they're they're going to ask him. I mean, the the Luciferians and and the world, the the spirit of the world, they're going to want to try to corner him, and they're gonna they're gonna say the Catholic Church teaches that. Um, Two, two men cannot love each other, that love isn't love, blah, 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 blah. That two men can't marry each other, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to try to pin him into, into saying what the church believes. It'll be interesting to see if he witnesses to the truth or if he folds to the spirit of the world.
1: I would say two things to watch there are, and well, I guess one you can't really tell, is whether or not he has a spiritual director. Not everyone, I mean, how... Yeah, and how long were you a Catholic before somebody said, oh, you should have a spiritual director? This is a um, normal thing that people should have.
0: Uh, 18 months, two years, and I've never had one, by the way. So you can't, you can't pin anything that I've said or done on anyone. I've asked a couple of times and both times was told no. So there you go.
1: Well, okay, so that might be a slightly different circumstance. But in, in, in terms of someone like Shia LaBeouf, he probably would not be told go away <laughs> if if he asked for a spiritual, vi- special director is my guess. But, but also if he, if he tries to stay in Hollywood and tries to stay current and doing movies and, and that was, I, I only listened to it once and at one and a half or two times speed his, his uh, interview with, with Barron And I thought it came across that um he was really jazzed about the fact that hey his career's coming back it's not over i can keep making movies
0: <laughs> if, if that's
1: if that's a big if that's really a big thing to him if if that's if that's the white rabbit he can't walk away from then that's a bad sign
0: yeah he needs to learn how to code or you know go to go to votech school or something or sell insurance yeah get get his real estate license something
1: there's a lot of stuff you can do learn learn to weld Forget yep. coding.
0: Did did we talk about on the podcast that um, that uh, vocational school that's set up in um, I think you want to say Franciscanville Steubenville, where where the Franciscan University is? I that, don't
1: think we have talked about it. I remember you sent me a link about it, and my first thought oh, is and Steubenville. I asked you,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I asked. I've asked if, around. I've asked a few people about it, and they said it looks it looks good and it looks legit. So it's a it's an accredited university. It's in Steubenville, but it's not. It's not the Franciscan University at Steubenville. It's completely standalone. Oh, and I remember I emailed them and asked, "Are you getting any federal money?" And they emailed back and said, "No." Um, so you go, you get, you get a bachelor's degree, but at the same time, you're apprenticing with somebody for welding, plumbing. Um, you know, automotive, diesel repair, they've got all kinds of different things that you can do woodworking. um, And so while you're studying and getting a bachelor's degree, you are simultaneously um, studying and apprenticing a trade. So when so when you get done, you have both a bachelors, and you are a fully apprentice tradesman, and you're ready to go right into the right into the workforce plus
1: awesome. you get the best of both worlds a practical yeah. trade that you can use that that can't be outsourced and you have a student loan that can be forgiven. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I had much. to work that in there.
0: And I think um I want to say I don't want to I don't want to say wrong but 15,000 a year is the number that pops into my mind um, which I don't know. <laughs> I when I went to K State, I was at the very 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 end of any sort of affordable education in this country. I paid $750 per semester, not including books. Books were extra, but it was tuition was $750 per semester for unlimited hours. The semester after I graduated, they shifted to um you pay by the hour. So because it was 750 flat rate, unlimited full time hours, I took 2021 20, hours every semester, because I wasn't about, you know, beer drinking and carousing and whatever was going on in Aggieville at that time, I was too young anyway. And I had no interest in that. So, um,
1: probably try probably looking at the fact that, uh, you might be able to graduate with fewer semesters and pay less.
0: Well, exactly i and and i did summer school i would do like 15 16 hours in the summer because why not i mean why not go sit in a nice air-conditioned you know campus building and why would i just sit around and do nothing all summer so um yeah i was able to pound through in less than three years and come out with a bachelor's degree and and gainfully employed and a registered commodity broker at the age of 20 because why not so
1: definitely one um, way to do it I, where i went to school i think it was anything past 18 hours they didn't charge any more tuition so i tried to carry as much as possible exactly i, I think it was 20 21 is about what i averaged um mm-hmm. i briefly did 26 and dropped back to 23 and that had nothing to do with the my ability to do that course it was just the guy the, the teacher teacher was a piece of work and it's like okay I, I can drop this course and, and pick up pick it up from somebody else next semester sure but he was he was being actively antagonistic and and i think pretty much everybody in the course complained about him so i had except, a couple story. i
0: dro- i dropped a couple of classes i dropped <laughs> i dropped econ 101 The first time I enrolled in it because the guy was no offense to the guy, but he was Nigerian or something. And I could not understand a damn word. He said, I couldn't understand a word. And then I also had, I had a marketing professor. I toughed it out with him who was Chinese and I only caught about 30% of what he said, and then there was one more, there was, there was somebody in the math department. What ethnicity was that? Not. It wasn't Arabic, it was something else. But that was a problem, you know? There were a lot of, the Animal Science Department, the agricultural depa- Agriculture Department always had full professors teaching the classes. The grad students were only grading papers and, and maybe doing study groups and things like that. Almost every class I took outside of the College of Agriculture, It was either a foreigner who you couldn't understand, or it was a grad student teaching the class. Like, dude, but can't complain. 750 bucks a semester, you get what you pay for. So there you go. And by the way, I've been told by so many people, Kansas State University is an absolute cesspit. Nobody should send their children there. Stay the hell out of Manhattan, Kansas. It's worse than Lawrence. It's worse than KU. It is social justice warrior cesspit nobody go there nobody send your kids there
1: i was gonna say i don't know if it was you who said that or somebody else that i heard this from coincidentally recently but but the fact that they had said it's worse than lawrence worse than KU, it's like that's saying a lot because it was ku was always the example of the ultra liberal uh place you never want to go for for moral purposes maybe to watch a basketball game but but that even then that that that, that that could be iffy as well
0: yeah yep and again, oh, everything just keeps circling back. It's just socky circle after socky circle after socky circle. Um, the College of Agriculture is ruined because guess why? Chicks are running everything. It's, it's ridiculous. Again, I lucked out too, because I was there at the very end when the old guard, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of my professors when I was in the animal science department especially, were over 70, over 70 years old. I mean, they're, and that was in the 90s. So you know these these guys. Some of these guys, World War II. Most of either if they weren't World War II veterans, they were definitely Korean War veterans. And those, I mean, that was your beef science professor. That was your animal science 101 professor. That was your meat science professor, your swine science professor. So that was it. Was the very end of the old guard. Really, really lucked out. Or excuse me, there's no luck. Uh, the divine providence certainly placed me incredibly fortuitously in time and history and, and space.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that in many ways I was lucky with my, my career path, but maybe it wasn't luck. It's exactly what um, I needed for my temperament, spirituality, soul, et cetera. So
0: Mm -hmm. meet your wife, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah. I mean, any,
1: any number of, of changes in, in anything among the previous eight years and I never would have met my wife.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Hmm. Well, and I mentioned you know the joke about uh, getting getting your college loans um, uh, removed. It was the ten thousand dollar per student loan that uh, Biden decided he he wants to give away, with no no authority whatsoever. Um, I, I just I want to mention this one. Probably not a great idea to take up the Navy on their idea of what's it up to now one hundred fifteen thousand.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: It's fifty thousand. Enlistment bonus and then up to sixty five thousand and tuition wow. payoff.
0: Okay, that should tell you something right there. Um if if they have to bribe people to that extent, good heavens. And it's it's just a no-brainer now. I mean, you want to talk about another social justice warrior, absolute cesspit. It's the United States military across the board, even the Marine Corps, all of it. Stay away from all of it. Um I think probably dr beep, our our friend Dr. Beep, is probably on the tail end of guys who were able to um, go go to med school because he's a flight surgeon and he's Air Force, and be able to do that and come out <laughs> come out morally intact on the other side um, although and-
1: he he was Air Force, but he also went through. Or he, he was teamed up with a lot of the um, the tier one snake eaters. So it, it was definitely a, a male um, yeah. uh, environment that he was in as opposed to whatever the rest of the Air Force is.
0: <laughs> Fighting words. <laughs> we need to do a Nurse Claire Dr. Beep episode.
1: I was going to mention that here in a little bit when we get to the I wrap up. I think
0: those young people need to probably need to get some things off their chest and there's a lot of new information coming out too. So Oh,
1: we're getting to cold and flu season. I'm sure they got some great advice.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Should we go to the wrap up now?
0: Um I think so. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, we're just over an hour and a half. Which, right which means when we start the wrap up, we're still 20 minutes out from being done. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs>
0: as, as your wife is, is want to remind you.
1: <laughs> and she's probably cringing. as She hears this right now. I was like, what? It's, I still see 25 minutes left. Why? You can't be starting the wrap up yet. The email address for the podcast is podcast at barnhart.biz. And that's where you can send feedback, comments, suggestions, good news items, Anything that make you smile, like how much more time we have left on the podcast at the end. It's Mm -hmm. podcast at barnhart.biz. Anne expresses her profound gratitude to all of her benefactors. And she reminds all of her benefactors that there is a Mass being said for you every single day. A traditional Catholic Mass in in Latin. And once per week, for everybody who died the previous week, there is a traditional Catholic Latin Requiem Mass um, that is being offered for those people. Um, Please remember the priests. Uh, pray for them for their perseverance for their fortitude for their um sanity yeah <laughs> i can't imagine how difficult it is as a priest to Virility, deal with all
0: courage the, yeah yeah uh,
1: to, to to deal with all the people i mean e- even at a at a i'm doing air quotes here normal trad catholic parish it it's the there is no such thing as normal <laughs> a trad catholic parish It it is it is uh death by a thousand cuts at best <laughs> or it is just absolutely you're in the middle of the crossfire so pray pray for the sanity the humor and the perseverance of priests unfortunately not all of them persevere uh and these are trad priests i'm talking about so yeah please yep. pray for them and don't forget that the podcast has a has a um Not a sponsor, a a patron. A patron saint, indeed. Yes, we mentioned her briefly earlier, St. Tiny Princess. Uh, She was my daughter who was born with a severe genetic condition, and I baptized her within about a minute and a half of being born, and then she was confirmed two days later. And, yeah, she was with us for under a year and and, um, was not able to – even even communicate or vocalize much obviously a a normal baby would have or a normally healthy baby would would be able to interact and and do all sorts of things but everybody who came to help and we needed a lot of help with her uh everybody who came to help all said something along the lines of i feel such joy and energy radiating radiating off of her (laughs) and everybody who met her had realized that there was something very special about her and of course she is in the beatific vision right now and or put her to work. That's, put her to work. That's yeah, the, and that's we've the,
0: gotten lots of, in fact, we should kind of, I, you should maybe do a thing if you could do like a, a book of collected essays of just all the things that you've heard from people over the years and continue to hear about um, her intercession, you know, and good cool stories about st tiny princess i, I have you've got I one have, or two
1: i have not been sufficiently organized to uh, to save these in scrapbook format because some of it comes through twitter direct message some comes by just direct mm. message on other means some of it's by email some of it's just word of mouth and and um i haven't made a point of trying to trying to collect it because i think it would give me too much of an ego like i had something to do with it which really i didn't so
0: Well, you made her. So.
1: No, God made her.
0: God made her, but you you cooperated, as did yes. Super Mommy, so yes, yes. 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 <laughs>
1: so moving along, the Barnhart Podcast is a value-for-value value podcast. If you got something of value out of this podcast, whether it was entertainment or information or inspiration, whatever it is, I ask you to think about what that's worth and consider uh, sending that in. And you can find more information about how to send return value at supernerdmedia.com. And I want to thank a couple of people who did return value since the last podcast. Eileen, who says, thanks. And thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> and also via Amazon, uh, Russell, who didn't send a note. Uh, so if there were supposed to be a note with that, let me know. And I'll mention that later. I made a comment on the last podcast. I was pulling the uh, the Bitcoin donations. But if you were sufficiently savvy that uh, you could still do streaming sats and send boostograms. But I had never researched that. And uh, since the last podcast, uh, the the person who's helped me with that, we did some research and found out yes, there have been some people who sent Boostergram donations. Really? And if you're not familiar with what this is, it the the newer podcast apps. So if you're using like Fountain or Podverse or um, I don't even know all the rest of them. Those are the two I know who do it. Um, oh, Curiocaster, but that's that's based on uh, that's not something you'd have on your phone. These are these are applications where you can transfer uh, bits of Bitcoin. To these apps and then uh, donate them either either by as you're listing say 100 sats a minute which is a few cents, or you can say hey I really like that podcast at the end and send 50,000 sats which is like five bucks, ten bucks. It's it's done a lot because Bitcoin crashed, but um, there are some people who are who have sent some some donations via that means. And uh, specifically what I call out the Texas Cattle Rancher, because he, he told me he was doing this, and, and, and sent, sent one boost, a small one through just to see if it worked, and then sent a couple more through. And then an, an anonymous booster also using the Fountain app. I don't, They didn't give a name, didn't give a message, but they liked it, so they, they sent something in. And then somebody, I don't know how to pronounce their name. Um, I, I assume it's, well, Zave, Zav, whatever. Uh, they sent a boost for episode 153. So that's that's a while back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, fin- mm-hmm. I finally can see. Uh, actually, I can't see them. It's, it's the person who's helping me with the the lightning node. We can actually pull these now. So I'll, I'll make a point of, of remembering to check these. It's it's not significant money. It's it's, it's more just um, fun curiosity thing. And if you're using Apple uh, Podcast app, consider using Podverse or. Overcast or Fountain or something else. Um, if for no other reason than then Apple can't decide to take this podcast off of your podcast player because they do things like that. They they, they have Ooh. set the they have set the precedent now, and that was actually the inspiration for Adam Curry to start podcasting 2.0, and all of this Sats business as part of that. Was to have a deplatformable um, scheme for podcasting. So uh, all the uh, these other apps they don't well actually Overcast. Does rely on. mean,
0: non-deplatformable non, or
1: non. Maybe I said it wrong. So
0: they, so they can't, they can't deplatform you.
1: Right. the The initial, right. the initial uh, idea there was the podcast index. So, uh, because Apple had and Apple, Facebook, Twitter, and I think Google all simultaneously or within twenty four hours pulled uh, Alex Jones and three or four other people off of their platforms. So if all you're right. using Apple Podcast to listen to that podcast, it disappeared.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: So, at that point Curry said, "Okay, I had a hand in inventing podcasting and the big mistake I made was giving Apple the ability to to be the curator of all podcasting." Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which didn't seem like a big threat at the time. He he took his big um, yeah, well, it wasn't big, but but what he had as a as an index of all the podcasts at the time and gave that to Steve Jobs when when um Steve asked uh, Curry, "Is like, is it okay if I if we put podcasting in iTunes?" And Curry's like, "Um, yeah." <laughs> so, uh, but but hence the, the but
0: name Pod because it was originally on the iPod, right?
1: Yeah, but I think it was a British journalist who came up with that idea long before Apple oh. actually included it. Okay, but it was significantly focused around Apple technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 point being is that that uh, podcast index and some of the new podcast apps, which you can find at ironically new uh,
0: <laughs> cryptic title <laughs> yeah really uh,
1: the the idea here is that you can find every podcast including this one if and when it gets deplatformed it'll still be in the podcast index and you'll be able to find it
0: so, oh interesting cool
1: yep long way of saying that there is this other way to, to donate which technically people are giving value so I wanted to say thank you and recognize them but it, it's more it's more fun than anything else from my perspective and it's it's a technological experimentation. Uh, it's it's not something, if you want to send real value, go go over to supernerdmedia.com and, and see the ways to do it that way. Indeed. And that's literally all I've got to say about all that. I'll let you talk about Matthew 1720.
0: Matthew 1720 intention, um, pray, perseverance, be manly and virile. Don't give up. Don't throw up your hands and say, it's taking too long, da-da-da-da-da. Pray every day, fast twice a week if you can, for our fourfold intention, that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-Pope and the whole anti-papacy be publicly nullified, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living Pope since April of 2005, whether he likes it or not, that anti-Pope Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision and that Pope Benedict Ratzinger repent of whatever he needs to repent of, die in a state of grace, and someday achieve the beatific vision. Nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, Slayer of the Pachamama Demon, pray for us.
1: Amen. And much to the joy of my wife, this took less than 20 minutes. So until, until next time, <laughs> I am Super Nerd.
0: And I'm Anne. Thanks guys, God bless. smart, but not too smart. Well, hey, man, that's, that's where it is, you know,